Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Guardian Connection with me, Gayla Akashina. I'm absolutely ecstatic to be here and to just share this time with all of you. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm sure we all go through that when we're doing our firsts and listening to spirit when we get our nudge to do so. So I thought today, just to start everything, because it is my first show, that we could just kind of find out a little bit more about me, what I do, because I do quite a different allotment of things. And I wanted to share with you guys my story and when I was a kid and how spirit would really interact with me in ways that I knew I had a gift and how I was different. And then some really pivotal pieces in my life that made me who I am. So um, just welcoming and saying hi to everyone that I can see on there. Awesome. Welcome to the show. Um, so I wanted to just let you guys know what I do. I am a multi-dimensional intuitive. I am a medium. I am also a master and clinical herbalist. I do alternative and holistic um, health practitioner. I am a sound therapist. Uh, I also have a card deck that is just in the midst of doing its second printing so that I can get that out to you guys as well. Um, yeah, I do lots of spiritual counseling sessions and my passion for all of it comes for just being of service to humanity. And I've known that I've wanted to serve and to help people feel hope in no matter what it is that they're going through. And so just to share little bits of being kind of an animal communicator and where spirit first talked with me. I remember I used to travel a lot between the UK and Canada. And one funny kind of piece was I remember being here in Canada and walking about and the trees were like, oh, hey, like, and they were talking to me. Okay, again, I know as a kid, we have very vivid and active imaginations, but trees have always been very sacred to me. And I used to visit all the time at different places. And whenever I would go somewhere else, I would always connect with the trees. So as I was walking, I just remember the trees kind of telling me things like that they remembered or knew about me. And I'm like, how would you know that? Like, I haven't been here before. And then they were explaining to me how the trees that knew me back home were telling them about me and that I was coming. And I thought, okay, I'm clearly losing my mind. I'm, I think at this time I'm probably in grade three or four. And as I'm talking with them, I'm like, okay, well then, you know, me being the smart ass that I am, <laughs> I had to challenge it. Okay, so why? Like, how do you know this? And explain it to me. And they were telling me how have this kind of root system that comes out through them and there's this mass that connects them all and that way they're able to talk with each other for very long distances and I'm like okay well this is really cool thank you and you know hi everyone kind of thing and as I got older I remember talking about this and people going oh that's not true that's not how they do it and I thought it was really funny that a few years ago <laughs> they actually made it public and said oh look at this news thing that we found about it and that in research we found that there's actually this fungus at the end of the roots of trees that connects them all and that they're able to communicate through it so I was like yay one for me as a kid you know <laughs> So I've had some really fun kind of experiences like that. Um, also being, you know, really connected to nature, but animals as well. Uh, 
I remember just really, again, it's one of those humorous things for me. So I just thought everyone could talk to animals and everyone heard from their loved ones and trees talked to everyone and people saw angels all the time. That was my world. Uh, clearly not most. And I just again remember in my travels that, you know, I could connect with people's animals. I always knew what was wrong, things like that. And again, back here, uh, it was in uh, kindergarten going into grade one. And we were here just kind of visiting. And I remember sitting and where we were, this beautiful, beautiful lynx walked up. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And I'm just talking with it. And it was coming up and it sat with me and I got to pet it. And again, normal in my world, not so much in others. And I just remember these people that walked by started freaking out and panicking like, oh, my God, you need to get away from this. It's like dangerous. And they started screaming and I could feel this beautiful creatures starting to get anxious and me as a child I'm, I'm confused as to why everyone's upset anyways they started to come towards me thinking they needed to protect me and I'm literally doing this to the animal again people's you know ways they respond to things they don't know but that was another introduction for me and I remember just looking at them like why are you guys all freaking out this you know we're good we're friends we're all good you know this is them they're a female like I'm telling them a bit about the animal and I just remember that they couldn't hear the logical part of me as a child explaining it to them because as a child um, as I'm sure many of you very gifted, empathic beings are, when you were children, not a lot of people took you seriously. So I just remember that panic. And, and it was in that moment that I was like, oh, I guess people aren't used to this. And I should probably start doing these kinds of things in a little bit more secret and not being so public about them, because clearly it's really upsetting them. So those were just some fun little weird things about me when I was a kid and just how, you know, I got to experience some really beautiful moments. I've held everything from falcons to I've had eagles literally give me feathers in front of them. I've, you know, met condors. I've met, you know, animals from around the world. And again, I've always felt very welcomed and loved regardless of the animal. Um and trees again too. So there's just a little fun fact. Um, hi everyone. I can just see hi Kate. Hi Ruth. There's some super space cookie. Hi. It's so lovely to see everyone on here. Um, anyways, I know that I'm going to be in our shows moving forward. I want to talk about kind of the different things. I, I know before I had considered doing a show, it was about six years ago, actually, but it just was not in alignment with spirit. But at that time, I thought of calling the show Down the Rabbit Hole and kind of being like a modern day Alice, because I love things that I love talking about things that most people won't talk about. And I love that now we have this beautiful synergistic kind of global piecing where most more people are waking up and more people want to know things and people are looking for deeper answers and they're wanting to have, you know, really safe and um, high vibrational places to go and to talk with. So uh, I want to talk about everything from things that are happening globally to the energies where the planets are, to messages from spirit, both being whether a guardian, a loved one. I've even had pets come through. Um, 
and all sorts of things. So I want to really, I can't say that I'm, I'm kind of pigeonholed into one area where we're going to talk about only certain things because I'm also a herbalist and I do have a line, um, Blue Lotus Alchemy, that I also want to be a space that we can talk about things like that too and, and ways that we can bring back our connection to this amazing planet that we live on. And I have found that a lot of people there's a big disconnect from nature and from the things that we eat and from the holistic, you know, ways we used to pick some herbs and, and make it into a tea and things like that. So I'm also going to be talking about things like that too and sharing with that. Um, I also wanted to talk a bit about kind of in my journey spiritually I grew up kind of very differently where I had the support from one side that was, you know, Celtic and Druid. And this is what, you know, the magic of the world can be and connecting with nature and, you know, what those roots are. And then I had this other component that was very Catholic and more um, religious in its belief system. And so I would often have to navigate between the two worlds. And I, as I started getting a bit older as a child, I started to realize, and I'm sure many of you can relate, that when we're gifted, whether we're empathic, we're intuitive, we're mediums, we're, you know, channelers, we're all these different things that we don't quite fit in. And as I started to really notice, you know, the oddities that made me me, I realized that not everyone is comfortable with these things. And so, I learned kind of how to navigate in both worlds, as we call it. Then I, I was so, as I was getting older and my gifts were looked upon more as a negative thing or evil or bad, I really struggled with what felt like this was a natural, you know, creator-given ability, but obviously there must be something wrong with me. So you know, heavily into church for a good period of my life. And I really tried to change everything that made me me, you know, hiding the fact that I'm intuitive, hiding the fact that I saw angels all the time. I would see people's loved ones. Um, I knew things about people if I would touch them. If people were, you know, hurting, I could see it. Uh, lots of things. Or when something would happen globally, I'd often feel it before it would hit. Um, but I just started to push it down more and more and really try to shut off the piece that I do believe is our divine soul path. And I'm sure many of you have gone through these different ways, whether it's because of parents or, or just lifestyle or all the different things in between. Uh, for me, it took quite a while. I, you know, like I said, I got really into the church and just kind of changed lots of things about me. And, you know, I I got married and had children. I, I am a mother of six, actually. I have three amazing um, young men now and three beautiful, beautiful girls. Um, and so it, it's been quite an interesting thing. You know, then I just made my focus about my kids and then it was, you know, the marriage or then it was whatever else I could do, but not be me. And it wasn't until leaving, you know, 
a very um, toxic and tumultuous marriage and finding what that meant to be on my own where I wasn't someone's property or I wasn't following this particular regime or structure that at the time society really portrayed as where we need to be. So in that time, I spent a lot just really searching who I am and and what made me happy and what brought me joy. And it was in that time that, you know, I had a few particular angels that would, you know, visit and we'd chat. And as I was opening up and met some beautiful souls that um, really got me connected to the healing abilities that I have and, you know, what that looks like. And as I started studying more about um, Barbara Brennan and the amazing um, school that she has and, meeting more people that were in alignment and they were more authentic in who they are. It's when I started to get more connection and and meet my guides and meet more loved ones. And, you know, the gamut just kind of opened from there. I, um, in that time, was really trying to not have a judgment of what I should be or shouldn't be. And I really just let the guides come and the teachers I had, everything from Ganesh to Babaji to Nematona to, you know, it was all different. And I didn't know half the time who they were. Um, But anyways, in this kind of self-realization and expansion of who I am and what I am, I started to do more card readings and, you know, connecting in that way. And then I had this beautiful friend, um, that was like, you know, you don't really need the cards to connect with spirit and to give people messages. So I thought, okay, well, let's give it a whirl, you know, very nervous because it was a tangible piece that I held on to. Anyways, we were doing this group and I just sat and tuned in and I just gave everyone their messages. And I was like, wow, I did it. I was kind of, you know, surprised. It was that, you know, moment of, I don't need cards. Anyways, as I was, you know, going into it. And I remember in this amazing group of souls that this particular person's cat came through and she had just asked a question, you know, uh, just in general about her life and then all of a sudden I'm like okay so this is new for me but their name is like Laleaf Leaf like I'm not quite sure how to say this and she goes oh my god that's my cat's name and they've gone missing and I didn't know if they were still alive anyways their cat was showing me they were no longer with us and um it gave its message to her and so on and then it went to the next person and then another animal came up that was actually living and I will never forget this. It actually berated (laughs) their owner because they switched treats. I kid you not. They were really disappointed that they went away from the treat that was their favorite to this other one. And my friend was just laughing because they just thought this was the funniest thing. And again, you can't make this up. That's the wonderful thing about spirit. When you are connected, They know things that you couldn't possibly know. And they're able to talk with you in ways that we couldn't even begin to fathom. And so that is where my love for just following and connecting and finding my sort of path. Now, in this time of, you know, opening and 
expression and and what makes me me and what things do I like to do what can I do and I sort of felt like I was a kid back in you know kindergarten just kind of playing with a bunch of paints and not really sure what I'm creating or what is about me but I just wanted to be open and let's do it all I was still uh, very kind of meek in my ways is the best way I had a, a friend that used to call me little mouse and I remember I had a really hard time speaking up or speaking my truth or standing in my authentic divine self. And it it wasn't until a few years later and just this growth of I started to do uh, medium sessions and did more um, spiritual counseling sessions. And I had done a couple of DNA workshops and just started to really get that sort of thing going. I still noticed that I was always scared to fully step into what I am, whether it was an old judgment, a view that, you know, someone else would have me, how they would see me and so on. And anyways, I just remember that I was in our kitchen and spirit just said very clearly, you need to connect with this particular person. And so I did. And I, you know, well, I'm going to actually backtrack because they said, no, you didn't. <laughs> so the real story goes that they gave me a message for this person that I didn't know. And I'm like, I am not going to do this because this is ludicrous. And they're going to think I'm an absolute loony. Okay, so that's day one. Day two, they asked me yet again. And I'm like, not going to happen because I don't know them. And this would be the weirdest thing ever. So again, you know, just doing my thing. Day three hits. Now, not only did they keep me up all night to keep at me, <laughs> but in the morning I woke up and I'm like, okay, seriously, I, I don't think I can do another day of this. And clearly this is something you really feel strongly that I can help with. Um, and I just thought, okay, well, here it goes. Let's just give it a whirl. So I remember picking it up and sending this message to someone I've never met, do not know them at all, but we had a mutual friend. So I'm like, hi, so-and-so, my name is, um, you don't know me and you probably think I'm crazy, but here it goes. And I just gave them their message from spirit. Well, you know, at this point I'm thinking, great, well, this should be fun. <laughs> you know, I get a message back from them and then they publicly thanked me for their message. Uh, and they're actually a, an amazing healer. Uh, that works globally. And what was really cool about this experience was that confirmation. And they were sharing their story of how actually they had given it three days, I believe it was, to kind of get a big sign from spirit. And if they didn't, they were actually going to leave the path that they were doing and go back to something more mundane. And I'm like, holy crap, like had I not, I, I literally skidded in on that last day <laughs> to get that message. So I'm thankful that, you know, I actually did listen this time, but um, we became friends through that. And so, you know, move forward uh, a couple years. I'm now doing uh, a workshop uh with them and uh, kind of sharing what spirit's showing me and and um, I have the gift of light language and they they also speak it and I've never heard another person who had that gift. I mean, when I was younger, I was told that it was um, speaking in tongues. 
And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's still cool. Uh, but I noticed it would only come up when something negative or when someone was hurting or in danger or things like that. Like it would just naturally come up and it would be like a warrior sort of an energy is the only way I can describe it. Or if someone was, you know, really hurting, it would come really you know, with just an impact of type of energy that would surround that person. So as I'm doing this workshop and I'm working with them, they mentioned that they lead this group um, and do um, a, a, a retreat with ayahuasca. Now, again, I had never heard of ayahuasca. I, you know, I don't, didn't drink, don't do drugs. Like, again, just kind of a weird thing for me. So as they were talking about it, I heard spirits so loudly say, you have to go. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. I'm like, okay. So I'm telling them, like, well, apparently I'm supposed to go, you know, um, and kind of made a joke about it and didn't actually think I would get there. <laughs> so now in all of this, I have been sharing a little bit that I'm going to be going to Peru. I'm joining this group to do ayahuasca, that um, all these different things. And I was bombarded with people's uh, fear and, you know, oh my gosh, people die from that. And I'm like, what the heck are you doing to me, spirit? And how is it um, I'm going to be able to do something like this. So again, they're like, can you trust us? And I'm like, oh boy. So I had to sit and work through my own fears for a moment. I'm like, absolutely. You have not ever steered me wrong in my life. So, all right, let's do it. So I committed to doing this crazy workshop or a crazy retreat. And this was a pivotal point. And one of the things I wanted to share with everyone. So now I had been doing sessions, um, I have had, you know, all these kind of things that I wanted to do and just didn't know which way to go about them. I was still quite shy in speaking and those types of things. Um, anyways, we uh, flew uh, into um, Iquitos in Peru. And I just remember the, the shock of just that alone. I am extremely Celtic and very, very, very pale. And I just remember the sun thinking, I'm going to die. <laughs> that was it. Um, anyways, we checked in. We got ready. The next morning, we left on this boat for eight hours uh, into the Peruvian jungle. And I'm thinking, wow, well, if I'm going to die, I guess this is where it will be. Again, just kind of trying to find the humor in that I am on a boat in the middle of the bloody Amazon jungle and I haven't a clue what I'm going to be doing. So anyways, we get there and I had had visions of this place prior and I met this tree, again, I'll explain why, um, after. And I remember telling the leader of this retreat, that I met this tree and the message that it had carried. And then um, I remember meeting this particular tribe woman and I just explained it all to him. Now he knew who these people were and what this was, I didn't. So as I'm walking down this really long ramp, we've been on a boat for eight hours and I'm not talking a normal boat. I'm talking a wood boat with wood seats. So needless to say, it was a very long, I wish my bottom had more padding, uh, boat ride. Uh, as we get there, I'm walking on this really long, uh, narrow sort of bridge ramp that they made. 
And as I got to the end, there was this woman, I'm like, oh my God, I know you. I was so excited that I had pre-met this amazing woman. Her name is Kavi. And she is like the matriarch of the tribe. And her son uh, is the plant master. And then her brother is also uh, one of the shamans. So it was just this amazing, I felt like walking into this jungle I came home and I thought, well, this is really weird because I can tell you I've never, ever been here before. How is it that this feels like home? So anyways, you know, we're doing our thing. We're getting settled into these little huts um, and we're just kind of meeting the rest of the group and how it's going to navigate. And I just remember we made the medicines all together because we don't just do one thing. Um, we're part of it. We create with it together. We went on a trip to meet the guardian of the jungle, uh, whose name is Yushingo. Now, Yushingo was the tree that I saw days before I made this trip. So it now started to make sense to me. Now, Yushingo is so sacred to the proven never take someone the same way twice. So that way you would never be able to find it. And they will guard this tree, this being with their lives. So I remember walking in and, and the mosquitoes are so thick because we are in the thick of the jungle and we're all like, you know, zipped up in these long, like we're trying to just be as covered as we can. And I just remember it was super loud with all the bugs and the sounds of the jungle and we're walking and all of a sudden there's these arches, the way that the branches go from his roots and everything just stopped there was no sound. It was like we walked into this completely different world. Um, anyways, as we were walking through, we had to greet the tree and bring our offerings. And we had this little ceremony with Yushingu because they won't let you do the medicine unless he is covering you and you have his blessing. So Aya being the great mother, he's basically like the father or the masculine of that balance. So after we did our ceremony, we were anointed and we did our stuff, we came back and we got prepped to do our journeys. So um, I will share more stories about that later <laughs> and just, you know, what that was. I am a passionate advocate for sacred plant medicines and it's what started me on my journey to travel the world and understand why you know, indigenous people do and use what they do. And I have worked with, you know, everything from Iboga to, uh, I, you know, Ayahuasca to um, peyote to, it, the, the list would be just long. And connecting with each being and what that sacredness is about. So I also now lead retreats uh, into Peru and we do sacred medicines and work with the amazing and beautiful Shipibo people. Um, if that's something that calls to you, do reach out to me because I am planning on taking another small group, uh, hopefully this November. Uh, again, this trip was so life-changing for me that how it was explained to me by spirit is that um, ayahuasca works with you. If you were to do 10 years of studying in spirituality, ayahuasca kind of does in your time. And I thought, well, that seems quite, you know, big to say. But then when I think of what I walked into the jungle as was not what I walked out of the jungle. 
And those ceremonies taught me so much and opened up. I learned my soul name. I met my soul family. I found out what my purpose being here is. I There was just so much information that came through and healing for myself at that time too. So um, moving forward into, uh, I've had a lot of people ask me, my birth name is Gayla. Um, and my mother named me that for gay as in bright and happy and la as in a note of music. And I was always quite bubbly and I would sing before I'd speak. So quite fitting. But then in the jungle, um, I was given the name Akashana and it's been just my sole name. When I was given my Shipibo name after going through the shaman's death and doing lots of different things, you know, working with them, my Shipibo name is Kavi. So that same woman that I had a vision of and met before I went into the jungle, I was given her name, which means um, unlimited. And when I was in Peru, I really didn't hold anything back. And I remember um, this beautiful, you know, soul was just like, okay, like, just do it. Don't think, don't overanalyze, just be you. And never in my life was I ever given that okay. I was always, oh, you're too much or too this or don't do that or, or well, not so much on that area. And, oh, you can't talk to people about this. And or they'll think you're, there was so many things that I could just hear and felt and had to process in this time. And I thought, you know what? I am just going to let it go. And here I am. I've showed up. Spirit, you told me to come. I'm here. Let's do this. And I was doing things I didn't even know I could do. And in it, I could see people's journeys, which is why I also now do them. Uh, I was able to see areas on their bodies that had blocks. I was able to see past life traumas where there would be an anchor in this one that was still causing a repetitive pattern. There was just so many things that came up and, you know, people's loved ones and people's guides and which angels were, you know, connecting to who. And it was life changing. So for me, that was a huge pivotal moment that got me going on this next sort of step. And I, you know, I know I shared, I will come back to different stories about it throughout my different podcasts, but I wanted just to let you guys know, you know, just a little bit of kind of a bit about me and what got me to where I am. Um, I was life-changing and it was what got rid of the little mouse and really brought forward my voice. So um, I'll share one more piece to it because I used to sing all the time in church. I led worship teams. I sang solos. I, I loved to sing. And there was a period of a time that I even had a producer and really thought that this would be kind of the area I would go in. Now, it wasn't. And for other reasons, it, it didn't, you know, come to fruition, which I'm so thankful for now. Um, but after, you know, the really hard things in my life of, you know, a divorce and how awful and ugly things like that were. And I started to get quiet and I stopped singing. And it wasn't until really going back into the jungle that, you know, Mother Aya told me it's time to sing again. And 
I just remember this deep feeling of sorrow and processing, wow, I really lost my voice and what that meant to bring it back. So in one of the ceremonies, I, um, well, there was two particular ones I'll share. One, when I was just getting cleaned and I, I had been quite sick and, you know, the, the Peruvian people have this, um, beautiful pantheon of being guardians and the anaconda is that who works below uh, the puma works on the surface and the condor works above now they have the hummingbird which is the messenger between spirit and this world so we call in all of them when we're in the group and when we're in the maloka and we're prepared for our sacred ceremony. So <clears throat> in this particular session, I had all these anacondas going in and out of my body, cleaning me and eating away the things that were not healthy or needed to go and a long, you know, uh, arduous process. And it just kept going and going. Finally, uh, after all this work and they were singing over me. Now, this is before I led my own. This is still me going into my first two weeks in the jungle. As they were, um, you know, cleaning and, and working on me and healing me and processing all of those things, then other things started to come and help and so on. Um, but after it was finished, I, I was just like, it kicked my ass. Like it's the, sorry for the words, but it, it, it was mind blowing and it felt like one of the hardest things to do. And I'd given birth a lot. So for me to go through this and think, holy crap, like what just happened and how this was affecting me. So I just remember I'm finally, I stopped shaking. I stopped processing and um, I was coming out of it and I could hear her mother Aya say to me it's time to sing I'm like okay like what do you want me to sing like and they're singing our two other shaman um Oscar and Kavi are singing what are called Icaros again hadn't heard them before this was my first time as we're there and I'm you know coming out and processing I started singing Icaros and as I'm singing this I was singing with them and in unison and in harmony and it was mind blowing to me that here I had this deep spiritual connection and knowing again, knowing about past lives and so on, just not equating it to, wow, this is really happening in this time frame reality. So I started to sing and I just let it out and did it. And I realized it was so freeing and so powerful. And I started to watch that, you know, those that I would sing over, it had a profound, you know, response for them. So coming back, you know, um, from that, I wanted to sing more and use my voice more. So I used my light language more. I didn't hide it now. Um, I'm still uh, working through and bringing the voice and coming forward with that. So here we are at the show, um, stepping out of that, you know, little box of things. Um, also uh, working on some meditative, uh, guided meditations that I'll be doing music for and singing and talking and guiding people. They'll soon be coming up on my website. So that's super exciting. Again, using my voice, we had a cacao ceremony here at my house 
on Sunday. And it was just this beautiful group of souls and just such an honor to be able to facilitate this type of healing with people. And as we were doing it, um, even though my voice, as you can hear, is kind of going, I, I need to be able to sing. And when spirit tells me to do something, again, I always use the term tells me, but they're not normally like that. It's more just you need to sing. I always know it's for my highest good and for my betterment. So as I was doing it, I was nervous to sing to my group. Again, it's just stepping out of that, you know, and, and stepping into my divine, authentic self. I started to sing some of the Celtic songs and it felt so beautiful to be in that space. We were sitting outside uh, in nature with this beautiful group of women and being able to just share these really sacred songs had a good, a, a really strong impact on me because it was in that moment. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm I'm actually using my voice again and, you know, it's only going to go up and be easier from here. So it was, a, you know, a, another expansive place for me uh, with, you know, singing and talking. I think that when um, we've gone through very traumatic things in our lives, we often feel that we have to change something within ourselves so that we don't fear people or, you know, face judgment or, um, you, you know, all of those different things. And for myself, it took a while because I was so conditioned to be a people pleaser and to just, I just wanted to make everyone happy. I just wanted to be a peacemaker, you know, um, being born in the, you know, sun sign of Pisces, being water and just wanting everyone to play nice in the sandbox together, <laughs> realizing that that is not how it works. Um, when you truly step in your divine, authentic self and you walk your soul path, you're not going to have everyone love what you do because how spirit explained it to me is the more light that we have, the more light quotient we radiate that we exude, it is not going to make some people happy because it means they either have to show up to be present with you or they have to face some things that they're not ready to face as well. So there can be many things. So I know for myself, going from someone who wanted to, you know, have peace and make everyone happy and you know especially because of the church and that whole view as well I didn't want people to think I'm evil and I'm going to hell and you know all sorts of things and I remember a few people when I switched and in switched I mean spoke my truth and was really who I am and didn't hold that back I had several people tell me well you know it was a bombardment of everything from I'm going to hell to, you know, you're an instrument for Satan to um, you're evil. You're, it was an ugly space to experience some of that. But in it, I just continually stayed with love. And, you know, the angels having so many guides that were just so loving and so amazingly present with me, they just kept me on my, my path and showed me that the more we are authentic, the more we stay in that heart space that we are, the more we radiate that light 
we will attract others and give others permission to do so for themselves. So I have, you know, yes, I, I am Celtic. I, I talk to trees and animals and I work with herbs and I do retreats and workshops. Uh, my passion is circle work, bringing that sacredness back, uh, connecting people to the beautiful world we do live in, despite some of the nasty things happening in it at this time, uh, and helping helping people step into their authentic self and freeing them from things that have been a burden or a weight that they don't have to carry anymore. On top of that, I, you know, my other passion and piecing being here with all of you today is, you know, empowering us women to really stand in our sacred divine feminine and what that really means. And also helping men stand in their sacred divine masculine and really bringing about the marrying of the two. So um, I've been asked a lot why um, one, why the show's called The Guardian Connection and why my line is called Blue Lotus Alchemy. So just to give you the little gist of it, the guardian connection is because I work with guardians and um, I am of, for, and in the light and I serve the light. So for me, it's really important that what we're connecting with, what we are about is for the highest good and radiates that highest good energy. So um, guardians are that. Um uh, the other part for my name of the, sh you know, my company and the line of um, organic and herbal products I have uh, and the work I do, Blue Lotus Alchemy uh, was something that, uh, and I'll share a story about that at another time too, but it was back when Isis and Osiris were ruling together in Egypt, which was Ketmet back then. And she being divine, sacred feminine and him being divine, sacred masculine, they were equal and they were, you know, married as one and the, the balance of things were equal. And that's where you see a lot of the blue lotus because the blue loti represent that equal harmony and what um, harmonics really means when we're both uh, regardless of what you resonate with, what you, you're carrying at this time, but your soul's level, when you stand in your sacred, divine, authentic self, it's a very powerful thing. And it radiates generations above, generations below. And so when I wanted to really bring this piece together, my line actually used to be called Angelic Alchemy because I worked with angels and I did a lot of angel, um, angel reading. And then, like I said, I started to connect more with more different guardians and getting more, you know, into that. Um, I was given this, you know, dream or vision to start making some of the herbal teas that I did for my clients when I do sessions to actually make it for people. It took me years and the company only, uh, the product line only just kind of birthed during COVID. Uh, and I really felt it was time to change the name so that Blue Lotus Alchemy really 
emanated and radiated what I'm about. Um, I love angels, do not get me wrong. Celestial guardians are wonderful. Um, but I wanted something that also really shone forward in what my work here and helping people, you know, like I said, stand in their authentic self and work with um, circles and bringing that sacred connection back to things. Um, just such a powerful, powerful space. I get to see so many beautiful souls here. And I want to say hi to you, um, to everyone, but there's so many. <laughs> so I just, I, hi, everyone. It is just so honoring. I'm humbled uh, that you've all showed up just to kind of hear a little bit about my story. And uh, I hope it's just giving some excitement to some of the things that we're going to be talking about. I look forward to doing messages with you and what that will look like. Um, and uh, all of what that entails. So uh, I'm trying to apparently do two things at once, which is a fun place for me. Uh, I used to shut electronics down. Another kind of, you know, I'll share a little story with you after we have uh, our little break, but electronics and I, I used to always say I'm electronically challenged. <laughs> Sorry about that. As I'm just learning how everything works and <laughs> how to go about all of it, you have to bear with me in just navigating this amazing new space. And go back where I can see everyone's comments. So uh, as we wait for this piecing, um, I had a friend that wasn't into anything spiritual, woo-woo. I, I love that term because I think it just covers so much. Um, she believed in it, but it scared her and she'd just seen some different things. She had come to a few of my talks. Um, I used to do some library talks for um, uh, hospice and different things like that. And I remember telling her like I could shut street lamps off and lights and different things and, you know, make computers crash and so on. And it's just something I kind of knew since I was little. This is one of those fun things I could do. Uh, she didn't believe me. And we went to see a movie and they had that kiosk that you prepay for your, your you pick your show on the screen and it gives you the, the ticket right then and there. And it would not work. And the one beside her had crashed too. And, uh, it was, <laughs> anyway, she just looked at me and said, this is you, isn't it? I said, so she's like, go and just start walking away. So I did. I went and walked away <laughs> from her and then everything went doodle and it went right back up and she was able to buy the ticket. So after that, she did not bug me. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, that uh, it was just one of those moments where she goes, okay, now I understand what you mean. So it's been a fun journey for me. Uh, I have an amazing assistant that takes care of most of my technology, uh, Martine, because it is not my divine gifting. Anyways, I just wanted to uh, give a little shout out to my sponsor, just a beautiful soul that 
is radiating and standing in her authentic self. Uh, she has this beautiful herbal store uh, called Mother Nature's Way here um, in Edson, Alberta. And yes, I just wanted to say thank you to her for being a, an amazing sponsor and support in the work that I do. And we have... Um, That was awesome. <laughs> uh, anyways, I wanted to backtrack before because I, I love just connecting and sharing with all of you that um, when I was saying another um, piece that was very pivotal for me in my session and time with Ayahuasca in the Jungle was uh, I am an actual shaman. And I know that that term is often used in, in different cultures, I found it emanates for me uh, just more medicine woman and natural teacher and circle worker and things like that. Um, but anyways, I uh, will share this piece with you. In one of my journeys, I remember uh, being outside of my body, uh, often astral project and lucid dream and so on. And so as I'm watching my body, you know, on the mat, in the maloka, I just remember this beautiful, blissful feeling of what it feels like to not be in that space. And I uh, remember just feeling this amazing amount of love and support. And it was just like one with all things. It was so beautiful and blissful. And it's super hard to almost even find the words to really express what this experience was like. But as I'm in this space, I now know I have, you know, my signet council with me. And as we're talking, connecting, I can feel that my connection to my body is actually getting less and less. And I remember this one point where I could hear my heart beat change and I remember starting to feel quite cold and in it I'm like oh my gosh like I'm dying I really need to get back into my body and I just remember I, I wish I could tell you who but I know Mother Aya and just different with me they're like well you can't I'm like oh <laughs> who knew today's the day kind of thing but in my panic I stopped waiting a minute. What do you mean I can't? They said, well, for you to properly go back, if that's really where you want to go, if you're truly ready to step back into your body, you have to fully show up. And to be and walk that which you are. And I had to really sit with it for a minute because I thought, oh, crap you know, stuff just got real, <laughs> you know, now there's this, I have to do it because it's what I'm here to do. And I don't have any more time to meander about. I remember just feeling this beautiful bliss and thinking, oh, maybe I don't want to go back. Like I was kind of toying with what that looked at. And then I, it kind of hit me like, wait a minute, 
Like, this is not my time to go. I, I literally just came here to be reminded of who I am and to step more fully into myself that why would I check out now? And in it, it was kind of this piece of it like profoundly hit me, your kids, like you can't leave your kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have kids. Like it, it just brought back that reality of who and what I am. And at that time, my youngest, um, she was still at home. And so I just remember seeing her and thinking, oh, she's this beautiful gifted soul. Like I can't leave her and to navigate in what this world will be like. Um, and as this piece was kind of happening, I'm battling all these things. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Regardless of what I am and all of those things, I just sat for a second. And what does it mean to actually walk this path and to be a, a medicine woman or a circle leader or a shaman or whatever those things are. And as they were talking with me and showing me parts of my path, it was so strong in me that I needed to get back. So they're like, so you're going to agree to do what you came here to do. So you're going to step in. Like, it was almost like they were talking to me. It felt like kind of like a comedy a bit. Like, so you're going to go back. You're actually, you know, in here going to do this. That was sort of how they were talking to me. Thank goodness, making it a little bit lighter in the fact that I'm about to die. So as I started to get quite cold, I just remember them going, okay, so you're saying yes. And I said, yes, I will be all that I meant to be. And I am here to serve. And then poof, I remember my body going slamming back in or my soul back into my body. And I remember just going <gasps> like this and taking my breath because I was about to trend, like cross over. So the shamans were all around me. And as they're, you know, singing and just you know speaking over me and just making sure I'm okay uh, after they explained to me what I went through was a shaman's death and often you're brought up as a shaman or a medicine um you know man or woman or teacher or whichever wording and that you're taught from quite young so I remember Huni explaining to me that this obviously was my path to be this but I didn't have the training from when I was little that was similar to theirs. I mean, I was trained probably in different ways and with the trees and animals and herbs and all sorts of things. But it was in that moment of really stepping in that they were like, welcome. Like they embraced me as a shaman. And so um, from that point, that was my life changer moment, <laughs> you know, coming back and going, wow, this crap just got real. I guess I really got to start doing this stuff. So um that's when I got the vision for the line and, you know, what I wanted to do and circles and retreats are so powerful. And I know lots of people will do Aya here in Canada or in the UK or in different places, but I am wholeheartedly all about being where the medicine comes from. So like I said, I, I lead a, a group in to the jungle and we work with that medicine but it was in that that it birthed what I am and what I get to do today and um, being here and helping people connect to their roots and to who they are and that connection because circles are so powerful and being in a group of like-minded souls that have no judgment and they just love you and you can be safe and you can be nurtured and have that support and group together is why I do 
a lot of what I do. Um, that and of course, one-on-one sessions and working with people and helping them find, you know, their body balance and their, you know, soul harmonics and what that means and their path from there. So there's a bit of my story. I will continue to share more as we get going, but just some of the pivotal pieces that made me who I am. And I'm just so excited to share this with all of you, to be uh, a part of your journey in any way that I get to help. Um, and I look forward to seeing what we'll all co-create together. I am ecstatic to be part of this amazing team uh, with Goldilocks Productions and all the beautiful souls that uh, you know have shows with her. And just for everyone who showed up today to just be present with me to um, hear about my story and what makes me me, I guess. And yeah, there's just so much gratitude. So thank you to all of you. I wanted to um, share one thing that I had written down that was really profound for me. And I want it to be something that in every show I do, it is a piece. So, you know, just a minute of just being present and just hearing this. For all the differences between us and all the forces that try to divide us, they will never exceed the power of love to unite us. May love always be our guide. This is my motto and something that has profoundly hit me. Um, I tweaked it a touch from where I heard it first um, in one of my favorite shows, which is Sense8. <laughs> uh, this is spoken to at the end. And it hit me so deeply that regardless of where you're from, what belief system you have, uh, any of these things, when we come to the core of all of it, it's love and it's our heart. And when we listen to that and we stand in that space and radiate our beautiful, divine, authentic selves. It affects everyone around us. So I hope that I get to be a part that helps you all stand in your authentic, divine selves and that we get to share some amazing journeys and stories and experiences together Thank you so much for all of you for sitting in this beautiful sacred circle. All my love. And I look forward to next week and opening up where we can do some chats and messages and see what has spirit has coming through. And I look forward to reading all of your comments and being part of your amazing, magical journeys. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And just being present today, thank you for joining the Guardian Connection. Bless all of you. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments. Then head over to the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel. With the huge selection of shows, the fun doesn't have to end.